working as a IMT3 in Leicester. I work in Glenfield Hospital at the moment. So a little bit about me. I did my foundation training also in Leicester and my core medical training as well. After CMT, I did took some time out to hopefully do some traveling and uh, do a bit of locoming. Then on, I did a teaching fellow job at the Harefield Hospital. And then I've come on to do a standalone IMT3 post, which I'm doing now to apply for SD4 in cardiology. Very good, very good. And I'm sure you don't mind me saying, but you've done incredibly well in your interviews and so <laughs> you've actually got completely full marks in your interview and you ranked eight in the country, which is an incredible achievement. And yeah, so where, so where are you hoping to be next year then? You said you've got your, your pick, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So my first choice was North Central and East London because I am from East London myself. Yeah. So I got that, got the offer for that. So I'm really looking forward to get back, getting back to London and being with family again. And enjoying the uh, trendy vibes of uh, Shoreditch and Hackney. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you can only manage those for a few years sometimes. <laughs> you move out. Um, amazing. So the application process itself. So you've obviously gone into IMT3 knowing that you want to apply for cardiology. Yeah. When did you, when did you, when did you kind of know that you were planning on applying for cardiology? So I've always had an interest in cardiology since uh, med school, to be honest with you. I seriously started thinking about it around CMT, around my CMT years, but I wanted to take some break in between. And then I applied, this is my second time applying for cardiology. And so last year I applied for SD3 and that was, uh, that was the time during my teaching fellow year when I was seriously thinking about applying for cardiology. And that's when I started preparing for interviews and stuff. And so last year when you applied, how did you, how did you, change the way you approach the application from last year to this year but last year did you did you get a job but it just wasn't in the right area or did you I was made appointable but I didn't get a job I think the main thing I focused on this year was um, focusing on the clinical scenarios because those were weighted the most and so I did a lot of practice with those questions we I had a question bank that I had access to where and I used that and exhausted that to answer all possible scenarios and I practiced it with a friend and that was the main thing I focused on I think the bulk of my revision or practice honestly came from last year yeah. and then I was just building on from that for this application yeah fantastic so the so I suppose you've had now so you've had a while to prepare for your shortlisting yeah application did you do anything in particular to early doors to say yeah these are points that I need so I'm going to be doing x y and z or so during my when I was a medical student we ha we had the opportunity to do a BSc an intercalated BSc so I did that in uh, cardiovascular science so that helped me yeah and then during my time out as a as a teaching fellow that that experience really helped me with boosting my teaching experience I managed to do a PG certain in education as well wow. which was funded by the job so that really helped me build up my points and through the teachings I've done, I was heavily based in simulation training. I was able to do a lot of poster work and presentations as well, which I was able to present at the national conferences. So those things really helped push my points as well. So basically, that BSc you and that teaching yeah, really helped. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I also actively went around doing other stuff clinically as well to boost my skills in cardiology. So I would attend clinics regularly in cardiology. I would, I had the great opportunity to attend the cath lab in when I was a teaching fellow. So I've got a much better understanding of how the cath lab system works. 
And I'm also working on getting my Fusic Heart accreditation as well. So, you know, as we all know, ECHO is the bread and butter yeah. of cardiology. So working on those skills as well. And I think all of those things was recognized by the interview panel, panel which was reflective on the feedback that they gave me. And I think those things really helped boost my um, performance in the interview and application. Yeah, no, no, fine. I, mean, I can see that you'd be a very strong candidate. And it's important, you have to make sure you have one, one part of the interview technique, but for the suitable equipment station, you do actually need to make sure you've got things to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some things you can't really embellish. So then the, so this time around, when, when did you start preparing for the interviews and what, what did you do to prepare for the interviews? Apart from, I talk about yeah. the bank. Preparation was a little bit late for me, I have to be honest, yeah. um, because I was waiting for you know the interview dates to come up and offerings for interviews as well. So I had the short straw because I had the earliest day possible. Gosh. <laughs> there's, there's not much notice, is there? <laughs> so and then literally had a week or so, but fortunately I had all the preparation I did from the previous year to fall back on and I just had to build up from that. Yeah. And um, the main thing I did was practice. I can't emphasize more about practicing and practicing with another person. Um, there's no substitute to that, really. And you don't need to practice with a cardiology registrar or cardiology consultant. You can practice with almost any medical doctor. For example, as I was telling you earlier, my, my flatmate, who is a dermatology registrar, he was the one who was asking me all the questions. Yeah. So a lot of it is very similar. The only thing that's different is the clinical skills, clinical stations. So just practice with with anyone you can find as much as you can. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, absolutely key. And don't yourself, don't, don't do yourself too, too much of a service. I know we, we were talking we were talking earlier. You obviously you obviously went on the course, so that was you know a good yeah a, of a course good, yeah uh, three or four weeks before the interview. So you know you had, yeah. you had started thinking about it earlier than just the. Uh, so let's talk about some of the stations then. So yeah. you know, and I think this is really kind of the perfect person to kind of give your tips and advice because you've kind of been through this process twice and you've gone from not getting the job you wanted last year to now getting one of the top ranks out of hundreds of people in the country which is just sensational and it really shows you just how actually it's really it shows you how important interview technique is because actually as a doctor probably not too dissimilar to what you were last year probably the only thing main things you've changed is your interview technique and your interview score so how did you how did you approach the suitable equipment station this year? And was there anything you did differently in that station compared to last year? I wouldn't say I did anything particularly differently. My scores were quite high for that station last time as well. Okay. And so what I would what I focus on is having a clear structure to way to answer the question. The well the well-known one is the camp structure. You know, you talk about your clinical stuff first and then your academic side and then the management and your personal skills. I always linked it back to why I'm a suitable candidate for cardiology. And whatever I was talking about, I made sure it's relevant and, you know, relating to the question they're asked. And it's also important when you're talking about an achievement to say what you learn from it and reflect on it and how you change your practice as well. Yeah. So any question, I would strongly recommend using that structure and not forgetting to mention what you've learned from the process as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think as you were saying earlier, like one of the most important things that consultants want to see is someone who's keen and happy to learn and change they don't necessarily want anything like the finished product but they want mm -hmm. a bit of a go-getter and will try and improve things or improve themselves which is very important right and so then the the other station so we, we're talking about the uh the med spr station 
how do you what, what are your thoughts on that stage because obviously that's a new patient this year isn't it yeah it's a tricky one to comment on but i just talked about my experience as a medical registrar and i think there were two specific sips that they were looking at and answering which was what you guys mentioned on the interview course so I think it was about prioritization and leadership, essentially. So I just spoke about those things, about how I managed a busy, acute take. Um, so I focused on identifying what the issues were in that situation. And then I, I also talked about knowing about w- what my team was like, what the limitations were and what their strengths were, and delegating tasks appropriately and accordingly. And also about, you know, closing a loop. If you've given a task, make sure you follow up on it and check if it's been completed or not. Yeah. So this is the basic things that we do normally in a busy take. Um, so, I th- yeah, uh, that's pretty much it what I would say for that one. And I think we were talking uh, earlier, you're saying some of your friends didn't score as highly as you in that station, but seem to have very similar examples. And I think one of the important things kind of we talked about earlier is actually not just the example and actually the examples, doesn't matter so much but it's more about you know being able to succinctly get the clinical situation across and then being able to very succinctly and quickly highlight the key issues which you've just even even now you've just spun out some great words about you know prioritization teamwork abilities of your team closing the loop absolute buzzwords and it's just tick 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 this person obviously knows the key issues at hand and then reflecting on you know how how you did and what what can be improved and the reflection part is the important part so even though you and candidate b and candidate c may have the same example it really is just technique about how you convey it so um, yeah i would say think about the human factors course that you attended as an imt and what you learned from them what you were taught about that and focus on the things that the key things that was mentioned there and maybe transfer that in the in your answers on this one because essentially it's human factors isn't it more or less yeah, no, completely. They're not. They're not looking for absolute knowledge. That's testing yeah. clinical scenarios, which actually moves us nicely onto the uh, clinical scenarios. What else did you find useful in preparing for the clinic, clinical interview? How, how did you approach your answers to the clinical? I think the clinical scenarios is probably most representative of the MRCP exams because it's it's essentially a, a higher detailed viva, isn't it? A higher level viva. Yeah. So you just have to practice. I think the clinical scenario is about practicing and doing the a to e assessment doing the basics and not men- forgetting to mention the basics as well yeah like a driving test essentially yeah no no absolutely and it's quite a some of these scenarios can feel as though they go by very quickly how did you make sure you kept to time or you made sure that this scenario progressed so you didn't dwell too long on one answer good question i don't know how to answer that <laughs> um, yeah, did you have any like did you did you have it in the back of your mind like gosh i can't waffle too much here and you'd be succinct or did you find that yeah i tried to be succinct as possible i tried to identify the main key issues what the life-threatening problem is and then identify what the aim of treatment is going to be and then go into a step by step process of what i will be doing and um anyway if you're short of time the examiners will cut you off as well but that doesn't mean that you perform badly it just means they're happy with the good means they're happy with your answers they just want to move on to the next one so i didn't have a chance to think about time too much to be honest with you i was just trying to make sure i gave the main answers quickly and i think one thing i learned from the course was front loading your answers so i made sure to do that when um, uh, answering these questions yeah no i think that's absolutely key because the time just absolutely flies in these uh interviews and you've only got 
10 minutes and six minutes respectively for your clinical cases so it's a yeah case of getting it all across <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so in terms of a uh, data interpretation it's quite useful for uh, people to wear so you had an ecg to look at and did you have yeah. anything else to look at for your second case mm. did they give you an echo, report, echo still yes i think they gave me an echo report as well it's it's not going to be anything complicated it's going okay. to be something relatively basic that you should be able to identify. Again, the question back I mentioned to you does have some resources as well with ECGs and so on. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be frightened about them. If you know a little basics about echocardiography, you know, if you can identify a dilated heart or a very thickened uh, septal heart, those kinds of things are, are what they're expecting you, something that's visually obvious. Yeah. If you know, if you're learning fusic heart, for example, you will be able to identify these things. It's not like BSE level two or anything. <laughs> so uh, I think I think if you've got an interest in cardiology, you will, you will, you will, you should you will be able to identify these things. But uh, go through the question banks and read up on them as well. Yeah. I think pocket ESE guidelines and stuff. Yeah, I think a lot a lot of people are um, mentioning the pocket ESE guidelines um, and saying they're very very useful. A couple of guys now have said that they use the the hundred ECGs made in that book. I mean. I find I, I, I also use that. It's quite demoralizing. <laughs> how, how many ECGs I got wrong when I was repairing. <laughs> you certainly improved. Perfect. Anything else that you think of that you think of that we haven't mentioned already? No, I think we've covered it all. Uh, all I will say is practice. Practice with another person. I think that's the most important thing. And have a structure to all of your answers and make sure everything you say is relevant. It's just summarizing what we've already spoken about, really. Perfect. All right. Thanks very much, Jiva. Thank you, Murray. Thank <laughs> you.